Welcome to the Outrage Science Bites podcast, a companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. This is day nine of the NAPOD POMO Challenge. That's National Podcast Post Month Challenge. That's a 30-day challenge to post an episode every day in the month of November. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about I guess I'm going to say it's one of my favorite cognitive biases. <laughs> Does a person, can a person have a favorite cognitive bias? And one reason it's my favorite is because it's so prevalent. And, and we'll dive into that a little bit more. It's so prevalent in the context of outrage and political polarization. But I kind of wanted to just take a short diversion to even talk about why we're talking about cognitive biases. Um, not all of these Outreach Science Bites are going to be about a cognitive bias or a number of cognitive biases, but I noticed that I'm starting to build quite a list of of that topic. So I wanted to say that the Outrage Overload podcast is not necessarily, or not specifically, a podcast about cognitive biases. And in fact, those usually come up sort of in context of something else we're talking about, Um, often about echo chambers and political polarization and things like that. But what we find is these cognitive biases are sort of at the root of a a lot of the things we talk about, uh, particularly how we find ourselves in echo chambers, how we find ourselves so attached, and how we can become more and more extreme in in our views, and how we can also become outraged and fall prey to sort of the outrage merchants, if you will. So while not all of these... Outrage Science Bites episodes are going to be about cognitive biases. Qu- quite a few of them will talk about some of those uh, in somewhat greater detail maybe than when they were touched on in an episode of, an, of the Outrage Overload podcast. Uh, again, because they come up a lot and they're sort of a root problem here. And so I mentioned that naive realism is one of my favorites <laughs> because it does come up a lot and it seems like it's so prevalent. So... Naive realism, you know, child psychologists might say, might tell us that we're sort of, we've sort of, it's a thing you have as childhood and you grow out of it. And maybe that's where the, the name comes from. Uh, the I- idea that you sort of reach down, pick up an apple, and you're convinced that it's a real apple. Um, and they talk about how, as infants, we learn to distinguish between ourselves and the world around us and sort of developing this sense of agency and object permanence. We grasp objects, we taste food, we hear sounds. All of that contributes to this belief that we have direct access to reality. But then supposedly they tell us we, we mature and we encounter contradictory evidence and naive realism begins to crumble. We realize the perceptions can be deceiving, we get influenced by illusions, hallucinations, even our own expectations, and we learn that other people have different perspectives and interpretations of the same facts or the same events. But, I mean, the reality is, of course, naive realism persists because it sort of simplifies life. Um, it keeps a, It gives us an understanding of the world. It keeps things simple. It allow, and sometimes it's useful, so we can use it. And a lot of these evolutionary habits are things that were, are there for a reason. Like they make it help us make quick decisions, 
uh, without questioning things. Um, but the downside of that is that it can lead to conflicts and prejudice and and this false uh, sort of conviction. It can, it can lead to sort of a false certainty. And again, you know, we talk about all this in the context of outrage and things like political polarization. So a way that it plays into that, and we'll talk about many ways that it plays into that, but, but one way is this idea of a false consensus effect. So you have a tendency to overestimate how many people share our opinions and beliefs, right? And this is something we see quite a bit. I see this a lot in my uh, street outrage interviews. And of course, we see it in Facebook and other social media posts or, or, or groups and, and contexts like that. We see it in um, political speech. And it's a reluctance to consider those alternative viewpoints. And I guess another sort of spin on that same thing is kind of the egocentrism. So we have this belief that our own perspective is the most accurate and everybody else is mistaken. And that can be, that can make obviously make it difficult to, to communicate and collaborate. And in this political context that we're talking about, this translates into that conviction that our own political views, you know, are the objective truth. And anybody that holds opposing views, they're either misguided, misinformed, or they're simply wrong. And then this builds in, you know, our social media bubbles and echo chambers where we're primarily exposed to folks that have that align with, with those beliefs that we have. So now we start to have this misperception that there's a huge consensus of people and everybody else thinks like me too. And so that lack of exposure to diverse perspectives can help, you know, make that mo that belief even more concrete and, and sort of give us this idea that it's inherently correct. And what this can do is give us a misperception of where we stand or, or and it can, it can make it possible for us to be pretty far extreme with sort of not really realizing it because we see ourselves as the baseline and we see everybody else as having sort of the wrong perspective on things and have come to the wrong conclusions and those just get built up more and more with the, with the filter bubbles and echo chambers. You know, and that makes us even more entrenched in our own beliefs. We're less receptive to compromise, and we're more likely to dismiss opposing viewpoints as, as dumb or poorly informed, or even worse, as sort of evil intent. But I wanted to focus on naive real, realism more than the morality side in this episode, because even without the morality side, this kind of idea that I'm the only one that figures out logic properly and looks at the world. My senses, my experiences are the only ones that come to the right conclusion is, is so pervasive. Um, and it's very hard to see, you know, and as I'm talking about any of these cognitive biases in these science outrage bites episodes, I'm sure a lot of people are following along and saying, yeah, yeah, I see that. And, you know, my, this guy I know that's on the other side of the spectrum does this all the time. Or I see this in this politician on the other side all the time. Well, I mean, the problem is we need to see it in ourselves and be aware of it in ourselves. Like 
like none of us hold a monopoly on truth. Even the most well-informed have blind spots and biases. And that means me, that means you. And seeing this in ourselves, this naive reality that we're the baseline, we've got things right, and everybody else has them wrong, is really hard to see in yourself. It can be pretty easy to see in others. It can be very hard to see in yourself. And that's the first step, is sort of a willingness to accept that, uh, recognize the limitations, um, sort of step outside our comfort zone and engage with diverse perspectives. That can be really hard. Acknowledging the limitation of our own understanding, that, that can be really hard. But these are, the, these are the only ways to sort of get past this is to look inwardly. It's easy, again, to point the finger at others and, and see this when you, uh, and recognize this when you see it in others. But it's extremely difficult when it's, when it's in ourselves or even when it's people on our own side. So be careful of falling into the filter bubbles. Be careful of, of, of thinking everybody else thinks just like you. Embrace that uncertainty. Um, acknowledge that you know, what we know is incomplete and other people may take the same facts and come back with a different conclusion. And then look, look for those diverse perspectives. This is a really hard one because what's a good source for a reliable diverse perspective. So think about, you know, some good sources. Don't just turn to extreme uh, positions on a- anywhere along. Don't don't turn to unreliable sources on on Twitter and and uh, and and YouTube and things like that. 4chan, but seek out reasonable, um, well researched, honest, diverse perspectives. And then consider that you might not have everything right. Consider there could be another explanation. Um, don't be don't don't rush to judgment. In other words, you know, consider that maybe there's another explanation. And a big factor there is, um, you know, we we want to understand things, and the world is made up of narratives, as I've talked about in a previous episode. And we, it's easy to build a narrative to support your view. But sometimes you need to say, well, is that the only explanation? Is that the only reason this could happen? Maybe there's some other way we got here. Maybe there's, other, there's another way this could get here. And then try to be mindful of your biases. This, this can be really hard, um, but try not to let those biases be the deciding factor and be mindful that you have biases and think of some ways. How could I maybe counteract some of those biases? And again, we've talked before about critical thinking and um, and how that can be used. And again, so many people use this term. Well, often it's used to mean sort of just be a contrarian. Just don't trust anything. Just deny everything. Say they must be. Everybody must be wrong. That, that's not at all what critical thinking means. Um, sure, you question the assumptions, and you evaluate evidence, and you draw logical conclusions. The problem with those things is everybody thinks that's what they're doing. So be very critical of yourself when you're looking at this. Am I actually, I say I'm critical thinking, but what I'm really doing is sort of confirmation bias or selective uh, exposure. You know, I could be actively participating in cognitive biases and tell myself I'm doing critical thinking. So you have to almost have like a checklist on yourself of am I doing critical thinking? What is this evidence? What's the backing for it? Where did it come from? Who is 
you know, what what's the consensus around this? Um, am I really using logic or am I just creating a narrative? Are the facts I'm using accurate? And are the assumptions I'm using? And what assumptions am I using? Often we don't even realize we're making assumptions. So critical thinking is a lot harder than anybody thinks it is. So I'll wrap up with that. This is this episode was a little longer than some of the others. One of my favorite cognitive biases, naive realism, comes up all the time. We think we're the ones who have the answers, and we're certain of it. So if you like this, these little episodes, you may want to look at the long-form podcast Outrage Overload, which is a podcast about outrage in, in, media, uh, outrage in media, outrage in politics, outrage in society, and, and look, ways to lower the temperature. And those are, it's an interview show with experts, scientists, researchers, authors, and so on. Uh, and it, we talk, the, many of the items or, or phenomenon that we've brought up in the Outrage Science Bites episodes uh, come up sometimes in these other episodes as sort of a factor in whatever we might be talking about related to outrage in society, outrage in politics, and lowering the temperature. So check that out podcast out at outrageoverload.net. That's also where you can find, if you scroll down, you'll find the uh, Outrage Science Bites podcast link at the bottom of, of the page of outrageoverload.net. And you can also find contact info, reach out, say hi, ask a question. If you ask a question now, your question might get answered within this month because the, we're doing an episode every day this month. You won't have to wait six months. You're, you might get an answer to that question in terms of something you hear on the podcast this month. That's my dog. I'm going to leave that in. What the heck? Why not? I'll have an episode, another episode tomorrow. I'll see you then. <laughs>